Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. There are thousands of amazing self-help books out there, but what happens when you're struggling at the moment and need help now? Well, my new book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook, is your new go-to self-help book. I wrote it specifically for when you don't know how to overcome a challenge. Each chapter gives you a framework on how to tackle your situation. I help you focus on what already works for you. Your situation today may be different, but the emotions you're currently feeling, you felt them before, and you did something that helped you. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. This book is specifically written to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Purchase your book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. Once again, purchase Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. My guest today is easily recognized and has kept the plots twisting and the passions burning by playing two lookalike villains, Count Tony Demera and his impersonator, Andre Demera, in Days of Our Lives. That is one of the many characters that Teo Penglis has played throughout his illustrious acting career. However, acting was not always his first passion. In today's episode, Teo and I talk about his new podcast, The Lost Treasures, a thrilling detective story-like exploration of Greece's greatest contribution to the world's literature, the poet Homer. Welcome to Lifeology. Oh, thank you. Nice to be here. I am excited about this. I told many people I was interviewing you and one of my friends, she was like, oh my goodness, if I had gotten a divorce, I was going to change my last name to Demer. <laughs> I was like, oh my Lord, <laughs> which you never did. So <laughs> I'm, I'm curious for you to play so many different characters. You know, how is it, you know, I'm sure people see you in real life. I'm sure they treat you as if you are your character. How is it for you to still play that role, I suppose, when you have to in public versus when you're not in public? You know, because I've been doing it for so long, I'm kind of used to the idea of just being who I am. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have people around me who who are praiseworthy or, or you know, curious about what it is I'm doing. Everybody, you know, comes into the kitchen and, and you know, we eat and we sit around the table talking about other things. Yeah, of um, course. Rarely does anybody, I mean, I just got back from... Um, uh, from Istanbul and, and Greece. Do you think anybody even asked me how it was? <laughs> I mean, you know, things have become ordinary. You know, the yeah. extraordinary today has become or, or ordinary, and the ordinary has become extraordinary. I, yeah. I, you know, I don't understand how, and like somebody said to me when I put out a piece and it was a minute and a half, he says, too long. People don't have that kind of concentration. <laughs> and I'm thinking, is this where we are? What do you mean they don't have that kind of concentration? You have to make it interesting. Why wouldn't they stay for a minute and a half? But this is the way the millennials are thinking. And I think it's terrible because I think they're missing out. Yes. I know for me, when it comes to my production and my team, they've told me the same thing. I'm like, oh, this is fantastic content. And they're like, James, it's too long. I'm like, but it's good. They're like, regardless, it's too long. (laughs) I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) So you have to keep shortening it down more and more to keep people's attention as well. Yeah, I showed somebody uh, they'd never seen um the the movie of um dr Zhivago, mm. and then i showed them also um uh, the movie of um 
uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Too long, too long oh, wow. and too slow. And you think, oh, people don't deal with details. That's you know, fair. as actors, part of the beauty of doing a part is the details. Yes. The clothing, the makeup, the, nuances, the, the yeah. shoes, all those things, all those details, and where you are, and what are the color of the walls, all those little details add up to what you're going to be doing that day. Mm. And people just come on as if they're enough. And that's ah, why I think you see so many bad films today. It's a good point. Right? Because films are in the hands of people who think that way. Too mm. long, too, you know, too, not fast enough. And, and I'm thinking, what have we done to society's minds? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, was watch I was watching the show uh, Through the Wormhole with Morgan Freeman. And it was talking, it was a science show. And it was talking about how like extraterrestrials, are they smarter than us? And it was interesting. They said they wouldn't be smarter than us but they would, they would essentially be dumber than us. I'd say that in quotations for people who can't see me. Because what happens is they're able to, to, um, to plug into the collective. So in other words, when I was a kid, I had to remember everybody's phone numbers. But now I don't remember anybody's phone numbers. I just look at my phone. So people, for the extraterrestrials who are, quote, smarter than us, they don't have to remember things because they can plug into something. So that means we become, quote, dumber and dumber because you don't have to remember things. And I think as society and humans, that's kind of how it is. When we need to know something, we just look at our phone, we look at our smart our smart tablet, whatever, learn that information, but everything else we should remember as we did when we were younger, we no longer have to remember anymore. Right. And then the electricity goes out <laughs> and then you can't put anything on and then you're left in the dark. You know, what I saw that was good news today on the news is that they're going, the students now have, have to learn to write. Oh, really? And there, and, and I was what you can see the hands and they and the hands shaking. They don't know how to do an S or yeah. they don't because it's the same method, you know. Uh, it's you, a good point, yeah. the, you have to look up the phone number so you change yeah. your memory. This yes. way, the ability to write is one of the most beautiful forms. Is, to get yeah. a letter, for instance, you get a letter from somebody. Now we get a text. Yes. Those days when I was growing up the letter would come in the mail to thank you for the lovely evening or thank you for the gift. Now it's, yeah. uh, thank you so much. It was wonderful seeing you. And that's it. And you're going, does anybody understand how insignificant yeah. that sounds? Yeah, yes. And in fact, I heard, well, well this is the last thing we'll say about this, but I even heard that a lot of kids, they've stopped teaching cursive penmanship. It's just simply print. And of course, yeah. for me, I'm sure obviously with you as well, it's, we had to learn both, you know, print and, and the cursive. And so it is interesting to see that a lot of these kids yeah. don't know. Now you have your background. So you are Greece or from, from your family is from, from Greece. Greece. A lot of people yeah. don't realize that. So first off, I was curious with your name, wonderful name. How was it for you going to auditions? How did they, besides your <laughs> wonderful acting career, how was it for you to be called? What, what kind of, I guess, versions of your name did people say? <laughs> oh God, listen, I've gotten everything. It's, um, you know, I think they get a little intimidated. It's interesting to go in. It's an upmanship for me because they they're embarrassed they can't pronounce the name properly. So I'm one step ahead that I have to correct them. You know, you know. But most of the time, you know, when you've been around, they do know your yeah, name. They do know yeah. how to pronounce it. It's it's the ones who are new in the business or sure. haven't taken the time yeah. to learn to do it, do their homework. You know that. Listen, I, I, I was brought up that uh, you don't know enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you listen. You pay respect to those who are older. 
And what the actors don't, the young ones don't understand is they talk the same way to somebody who's 70, to someone who's 20. They don't understand the difference. And I tell them the reason why they're bad actors (laughs) is because they don't know who they're talking to. So the audience (laughs) has no idea who they're relating to. So... You know, all point. those, they're very important steps. You know, that's why we, in, in Shakespeare, in, in As You Like It, uh, Jayquiz says, you know, there are uh, five stages of man. And, you know, every decade has a transition. And if you don't yes. make those transitions, then you're going to find out that you've missed something. So your mm-hmm. 20s are very important because that's the time you plant the seeds. Mm-hmm. The 30s, you see where they start to 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 come through the ground and 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 vibrate for you. Your 40s is the platform you're now standing on from the decisions mm-hmm. and what you had planted. So each decade has its importance. And that's why, you know, these days children want to watch things that are quick and that they are in control. Mm, I think point. that is the one area yeah. in their lives where they can control because they can turn it on and turn it off. Mm-hmm. And not only that, from a psychological approach, you like the, the short little TikTok videos, et cetera, those actually create a dopamine hit. And so dopamine is that feel-good chemical. They're like, oh my God, it feels really good. So it creates this loop of, I can watch this, I can watch this, I can watch this. So it creates dopamine, but it's almost like a false dopamine hit, if that makes sense. Meaning there's no substance behind it. There wasn't you know, someone didn't tell a funny joke when they're laughing and creating dopamine. It's this whole manufactured version of dopamine, which allows these kids to create, or these people to continue to create this um, ill-advised or ill-suited type of dopamine. But, you know, going back to the whole thing where you're saying about respect as well, I think it's a really good point because when, when people have quote paid their dues, they understand the hard work, they understand the nuances, they understand everything that goes along with their acting career. And unfortunately people who may have had some measure of success don't realize how much those dues mean, how much you have to pay your dues to understand all the highs and lows and the nuances of a craft to really appreciate it, to really translate one's, one's gift from the silver screen or to the, um, the TV across to, to individuals as well. Well, when you're listening, you know your cues. Like I allow you to finish what you're saying. I'm not butting in, <laughs> you see. I have conversations of where I'm telling a story and there are adults around that table who will butt in because they're not listening and mm. because the attention's not on them. Sure. So how do you handle that? So mm. for me, all I say to them is I hadn't finished and I go on <laughs> and I, they, they, they just shut up. And they're always amazed that somebody <laughs> says, you know, how do you become precise? Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's the beauty of language. Uh-huh. You know, this is that's the beauty. The, the one thing about Obama that he did well was when he gave a sentence, he always let it land. Yes. And yes. then picked it up. People get it that way. So people yes. miss out and they're not listening because, listen, you have something to say, I have something to say. But your time is your time, and I must mm-hmm. respect that. Mm-hmm. And that's why... Congress is in the problems that it's in these days because sure. no one's listening. Sure. Yeah. And behind it all is ulterior motives. It's yeah. about egos. And that's what happens in conversations at the table, at the watering hole. You know, we all think of ourselves as being, you know, people of God and all that, but we don't. 
we, we don't. We're it's not. only a, a, an excuse, you know. So yes. I love the way I was raised. I love the fact that I went to yeah. New York with $180 in my pocket and met some of the greatest artists this world has mm. ever known. I was very fortunate to cross my path. They taught me a lot because I listened. Yes. And that gives you, that makes you a stronger human being later. Mm. You'll find that out mm. later. You don't know it then. But all those things that happen in your youth is the, what you eventually use later on. And when you reach 60, that's the time when you find out who you are and who you've mm. become. It's interesting, then, the psychology... Sorry, go ahead. I totally got you off, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There's a point. There's a point, right? There was a point, you know. But we can laugh about it, you know what yes. I mean? We, our egos are not at stake. You know, I can laugh and you can laugh and we can say that. That's funny. Right. Anyway, psychology, yeah, in psychology, we also have that, that there's five iterations or five versions of a person. So usually that's linked with their with their career or with who they are. So it's interesting. I didn't realize that Shakespeare had said that as well. But yeah, the psychological concept as well is there's five different versions of a person as they mature from, from their adulthood on. And so sometimes that can be in their vocation, that can be in their presentation, that can be in any version of who they are. But when we're not aware of that, we often get stuck in, well, this is how I used to be. Well, that's fine if that's how you used to be, but that's not who you are today. Mm -hmm. And so the revelation, the understanding that each version of us is very valid, but we have to be aware that we're transitioning. Because if we don't, then all of a sudden we're like, oh, my younger years. And unfortunately, that's where a lot of people can get lost in perhaps a quote midlife crisis is because they don't realize the different iterations and different versions of them that have grown throughout the year. And it's just a fully accepting that. Once they accept that, then they can revel in the fact of all the different styles and versions and the person that they were before and who they will become. Yes. You know, the thing is, too, on top of it, is your curiosity. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what, what makes stimulates you? Because if it's a, a two-minute TikTok, that's not going to sustain you. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to really remember it. What you remember is the longevity of something. You remember a dinner party because it's over a certain amount of time. A lot has taken place within that element. But yeah. when you're watching TikTok, it's fun. I, I say I, I look at things sometimes, but it doesn't become my life. It doesn't right. become something I've got to go to. You know, for yes. me, my curiosity is what am I going to do after this podcast now? Because that it's a new field for me. I have never, I love writing because one of the things it's helped is my acting. Why? Because mm. when you write a word or a sentence, it's, it has left the mind yes. and, and then, then an action takes place and you write it. And what happens is when you read that sentence, it has a different vibration to when somebody else wrote it. So mm -hmm. I always say to young actors, Learn to write. Learn to write short stories. Keep a, a, a book of, of things that were important to you. That Find something out about your parents you didn't know. Find out something new in the world that just mm. happened. And that way, when you're writing those things, it has gravitas and it has more meaning and more remembrance. And so as an actor, that, that language that you read and talk has gravitas. And that's what I found out since been, I've been writing as much as I have. We'll transition into your podcast in a second, but just to corroborate what you're saying, the more of your five senses you use when you do something, the more it becomes solidified within you. 
So when you write something, you're using your sense of sight, you're using your sense of touch, and you're using your sense of hearing as you speak it aloud. So there are three senses, three of your senses out of the five that you're using. And so when you do that, it becomes crystallized. In other words, it becomes um, part of who you are because, the, like I said, the more of your five senses you use, you will always remember it. So that's another reason from a psychological concept why what you're saying is so true as well. Now, let's transition into your to your podcast because there's so much we want to talk about here. So your new podcast, The Lost Treasures, it's a thrilling detective story-like exploration of Greece's greatest contribution to the world's literature, Homer. Tell us about that. Um, you know, it took place when I was in the Archaeological Museum in Athens. Mm -hmm. And a young man had recognized me from uh, the Mission Impossible series I did in the late 80s, early 90s. And as a Greek to a Greek, he said, what can I do for you? And I said, I'd like to meet the Minister of Culture. Mm. And so he set it up that afternoon. The Minister of Culture was very nice. You know, Greeks are proud of each other, especially when you've accomplished and put Greece on the map. <laughs> on the map yeah. You know what I mean? It's a small country, but it's got great history. So I met with him. I, he allowed me to go to Schliemann, who is the discoverer, the father of archaeology. He allowed me to go to his to his palace that he built that was closed at the time. And he also uh, got permission to the Gennadius Library to go through 60,000 documents. His diaries, his, his letters, his love letters to his wife, letters he wrote in 22 languages. And so suddenly, you know, that, that's what I call seeds. Mm -hmm. Those seeds were planted. And I thought, oh, God, that's an interesting, interesting history. So I went to Troy. So I sat at the edge of Troy. And my imagination wow. as an actor, I'm sitting on top of nine cities that started in the uh, early Bronze Age, which was around 2500 BC. So I'm sitting there and imagining in my mind, out there in front of me was where the Great War took place between the Greeks and the Trojans, mm -hmm. where you think, oh, and that's the Scaean Gate. That's where the Trojan horse went up. That's where mm -hmm. the Greeks tricked the yeah. Trojans, and that's how they conquered them and put fire to the city. So all those things became when I came home, because I always believe when you come home from the journey that you went to, something about you will have changed. Yes. Agreed. So for me, the change that took place was thinking about the father of archaeology who was born in 1821 in, in, in Germany and at the age of eight said to his father when he read the book about Geray saying that the treasures of Troy and the walls were burnt down, that he believed that he would find it. And in 1873, he did. And mm. that was the thing that got me fascinated, that somebody that young had a dream, and that dream became a reality. And we're still talking about it today. Wow. And so when you go and see the treasure he found in Mycenae and in in, in uh I can't go to Russia, uh, but in Mycenae, it is extraordinary. Mm, when you think of those helmets, those gold swords, the bronze swords, all that wonderful. I mean, we're, we're talking about over 3,000 years ago. So that's what started it all. And, and, and for me, it got me going and gave me longevity. About, you know uh, what I mean. Yeah, I understand and what I'm you mean. sitting back bored, and uh -huh. I'm not getting angry because nothing's happening. So I found that the only things that happened in my life were the ones I initiated. Mm -hmm. yes. So therefore, I decided to do a trilogy, 
and the trilogy. And then I found out about the curse. And there's this great curse in the second phase. And that really is interesting. It is about two kings, a great curse. And I was in in the building that they built, the, the tomb. And I sat there and I thought, in this place belonged to uh, uh, the the King Atreus. And he had something so much against his brother that when his brother came to meet him and have a big dinner to celebrate, he cut up his children and served them for dinner. Oh my gosh. When the other king asked where his sons were, he says, you just ate them. So the curse began from that. So it's a... I didn't see that coming. (laughs) Yes, I, I didn't want to shock you, but it's a shocking shocking story that took place so the curse continued and um so i talk about that the third is where i went i met the most wonderful human being called john crawshaw you know i always think the more successful people are i don't mean money wise Mm -hmm. talking about career wise the greater they are and this man was extraordinary he invited me to greece i went to kefalonia and he showed me for, for a whole day, we walked up and down a mountain, and he showed me where the real Ithaca, where Homer mm. talked about um, Ulysses coming home. And there I was sitting wow. just above, above the beach at a restaurant, imagining this is where he came in, 30, in uh, 1200 BC. He came back home through that cove. So I walked mm. the park. I walked Ulysses' path, which was wonderful. And then I dived in the ancient borders because in many ways I felt I was part of that history. Wow, I bet. Yeah, I remember I was, I, so I grew up in rural Canada and uh, I didn't have any TV, which I'm happy about today, but I had a lot of books and I read and read it. But the Iliad was one of my favorite books. I think I was like 12 or 13 years old when I read it. I read the original version of it and I didn't understand mm-hmm. half of it, but I was so immersed in it and the mythology of it. And that's how I became so excited about mythology, et cetera. So when, when um, you're, when Laurie DeWall, your, your publicist, sent me information, I was like, oh my gosh, I really want to talk more about this because Iliad was one of my favorite books that kind of um, started my whole fantasy, you know, type of series of books that I love to read. So, you know, for you to be able to be there and to experience it all and use your own imagination, I mean, that's, as we know, our imagination is so much greater than any CGI or anything else. So to be able to sit there and conceptualize that and to think about all that, I'm sure that was just mind-blowing in so many different ways. Yeah, you, you know what was mind-blowing? That it was... That it was wasn't written it was the ancient bards they were the orators of the time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. during an illiterate age we're talking about 8th century bc to the 6th century bc so imagine these guys going into pubs of their days and and just men and i'm sure smoking cigarettes and drinking whatever they were doing but imagine him playing with an instrument and telling that they were the descendants of, of yeah. heroes that walked the ancient road. And that, you know, would, would be, you know, and this is what they did, and this is who they become, and this is who we can become. And, you know, so that was the way they stimulated the mm. minds and the spirits yes. of those people. So it continued. So when I went to Turkey, they're still doing it. Oh, really? And I drove along the track to go to Gallipoli and then to, to Troy, I stopped mm-hmm. at a bar and there was a, a man with his guitar and playing and talking about Troy. Wow, that's really cool. And it was like, really cool. oh my God, this hasn't changed. This has been <laughs> going on for thousands of years. You know, people love to hear stories of men and women 
who made a difference in life, mm -hmm. who changed mm -hmm. history. And they're not a lot, but you know, you 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 read, and some are very brutal. But the fact that they've remained, and a lot of them you think are myths, until someone like Schliemann comes along and smashes mm -hmm. them and says, "No, they're not myths." Yeah, it's real. Puts yeah. the flesh on those Trojan heroes and those Greek heroes, and and makes the story. And therefore, that's why we have movies today. A lot of mm -hmm. those characters are built on myths. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Unfortunately, our time is up. You and I could literally talk all day. I, I've loved, I love hearing your stories, and I know that my viewers and listeners, when they listen to your to your podcast as well, they are going to enjoy it as well. If we get a chance to talk too much about it, uh, real quickly, there are three three episodes uh, that talk about uh, the lost treasure, and the fourth one is your backstory about all the different things that happen with it as well. Is that correct? Yes, yes. the The fourth one is about me being kidnapped at the pyramids. And Hezbollah grabbed me out of the car in southern Lebanon, thinking I was an Israeli spy. Yes, that's the fourth one. Oh, okay, so, that's definitely have to hear that. I may yeah. have to have you come back just to talk about that in general because that sounds really exciting as well. Yeah, but if you hear the well, fourth episode, there you go. Well, Darren it's been an absolute pleasure having you on my show. You're always welcome back. If my viewers yeah. and listeners want to find out more information about you, to listen to this podcast, The Lost Treasure, where would they find all this information online? They could go onto Spotify. It's on Amazon and um, uh, Google, but I, I would say Spotify is, is the best. And all four are now there. They, the last one, <clears throat> why I wrote these three stories, is is was published uh, this week. Oh, so enjoy. You know, they're just, you know, I, I've listened to them and I forget the fact that I wrote them. They're just great stories. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Well, thank you so much. We had a wonderful guest today. As I said, you're always thank welcome you. back. Have a fantastic day. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.